be attentive. Brethren, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in our hope of sharing the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit which has been given to us. While we were still weak at the time right, Christ died for the ungodly. Why one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man one will dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we are now justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. Not only so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received our reconciliation. Peace be to you, the reader. According to St. Matthew, let us be attentive. said, The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is sound, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is not sound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness! No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value? value than they, and which of you by being anxious can add one cubit to his lifespan of life? 
And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O men of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this gospel today is very well known. My grandparents had it in cursive in a nice little frame on the wall about the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. We all know it so well, but I think it's worth rereading a portion of it. Our Lord says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. In the Gospel of Luke, this passage says, Don't have an anxious mind. What you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about what your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit to his span of life? He continues to talk about the lilies of the field and how they're more glorious than the robes of Solomon. And how these lilies, of course, have just a brief life. And then they're thrown into the fire, or they die. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek these things. But your heavenly Father knows you, knows that you need them all. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. In this we learn two important things. First is that God knows what we need. That's what we just heard at the very end of that passage that I read. God knows that we need them all. He knows everything that we need. And this is something that we can pretty easily accept. God knows all things. So of course, God knows the things that I need personally in my life, or my family members, or those around me. God knows all these things. The second thing that we see is that God is the one providing. When he talked about the birds of the air, he said, Your heavenly Father feeds them. And when he talked about the flowers, he said, So God clothes the grass of the field. God is the one at work. God is the one providing. And this is probably the harder part for us to actually accept and to realize. You see, our fundamental problem is that we don't believe or we don't see that God is providing. 
Many of you, I'm sure, have learned about a, a theology called deism. This is something that our founding fathers were uh, partial to. It's this idea that God creates, and then He sort of steps back and watches everything happen. And this God is a God who made everything nice, but then He's just kind of letting things go. And how the world goes is how the world goes. And this is something that is a very common belief, at least in the Western world, and in much of Christianity, and yes, even in our own churches. We have this idea that God is somehow aloof. He stands afar off. He made everything. He made it that it's all like a good working clock. And so now he can stand back and just sort of watch it tick along and see what happens. This is not the God that we know. And this gospel is very clear about that. God feeds the birds. Yes, every single bird God feeds. Every flower God creates. This is what the gospel is saying today. Do we really believe this? Because if we did believe this, then what does that... Thank you, whoever said that. Right. (laughs) Good answer. But if we really did believe that, then what would that mean for our own lives? That's what I'm saying. We have this, you know, like my grandparents had this in cursive on the wall. I would walk by and read it all the time. It's there for good reason. Because we need to remember, if God feeds every single bird, which our Lord is pretty clear about here, and if God clothes every plant with flowers, what is He doing for our lives? Are we not more valuable? Again, I'm just paraphrasing what He already said. None of what I'm saying is new or special or different, but it bears repeating and repeating and repeating. Because this is our fundamental problem. Do we believe that God provides? Do we believe that? Now you might say, well, but Father, come on now. We have to provide for ourselves. We have to provide for our families, our loved ones. We need to do this. We know that this is our our job. I would say to you, I'm not disagreeing about your, your work ethic. What I'm talking about here is our perspective on that work. That's the key thing that our Lord is trying to teach us here. And this is what he says at the, at the beginning of the Gospel. This is really where he's talking about our perspective. He says, The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is not sound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then your light is darkness, how great is the darkness? Then he says this passage about God and mammon and the two masters. And then from there he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious and everything that we already heard. So how do those things relate? Because if our eye, and it's not this eye, it's the eye of our soul, the eye of our mind. If our eye is clouded, then we we don't see the light. So in this... If we truly believe that God is providing for us, then we have the eyes to see that, and the way that we pursue anything that we're doing is colored by that. On the other hand, our eyes are darkened. We don't really believe that God will actually provide everything. Then the way that we respond is different. Even though the outward work might be the same, two people that are working well, but one is understanding, I'm doing the work, God is providing the results. The other is saying, I need to do this because I need to provide for myself. I need to do this, I, I. A very different perspective. And in our modern world, it is very much, do it yourself. You can do it. Anything that you need, you can pursue it. Anything that you want, you can get it. 
You can go out and do that. And we hear this everywhere. And we as Christians sometimes will have the exact same language, but we'll give a nod to God. We'll say, oh yeah, God will provide it. But then we actually go out and our perspective in doing it is that we're doing the work, we're getting the results. And oh yeah, but God is helping out as well. Kind of on the sides. And then when we have a shipwreck, then we say, oh God help me, God help me. But our, during our daily lives, when we do all of these things, providing for ourselves, who is doing the providing? And the results of this, this do-it-yourself perspective, is of course what our Lord talks about. Worry, anxiety, fear. These are the real results of not realizing that God provides everything. These are the results. So is it really a choice? Do I want fear and anxiety and worry? Does anyone want that? I don't think anyone does. But I think virtually everyone in this room has a very clear idea of what it feels like to be worried, to be anxious, to be even fearful. We've all experienced these things. So this is not new to us. And that's what our Lord's message is here. He says, do not be anxious. Who does he sound like? be happy, right? We all know that song. It's Bobby McFerrin, right? It says, don't worry, be happy. That's like the message from the gospel today. But there's a big difference. There's a very big difference. Because what is Bobby McFerrin's message? What's his message? That's it. Don't worry, be happy. Do it yourself. Hey, if you're worried, just stop worrying. Just be happy. And this is what we hear all around us. This is what our do-it-yourself, self-help culture is all about. Just do it yourself. Hey, you're not, you're worried? Just stop worrying. And sometimes we have people tell us this. We're in the midst of anguish and fear. People say, just don't worry about it. As though that's something that you just turn off. You can just turn it off. Now, the results of, weir- of, of, of worry and fear and anxiety are very real. It's not just something that's in our head. It affects our blood pressure. It affects our sleep. It affects our tension. It affects our lifespan. Our Lord was saying, what can you do to add to your life by worrying? I would put it the other way around. What are you doing to your life by worrying? How are you shortening your life by worrying, by having anxiety? But we hear that and we think, even with our Lord, we think like Bobby McFerrin. Oh, don't be anxious. Okay, I just won't be anxious. Gosh darn it, I'm going to try harder and not be anxious. But that's not the solution that our Lord is offering. Our Lord is not speaking like Bobby McFerrin. He has the solution right here in His words. And what does He say at the very end? Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You see, our Lord's message is about what our starting point is. The results may be very, this, very much the same. We go out, we work all day long, we work hard, we come home, we provide, whatever it may be. The, the actions may be very similar, but the starting point, the eye of our mind, the eye of our soul, has to be unclouded. It has to be cleared. And the starting point for that is remembering that we seek first God and He will provide. 
It's not that we seek to provide for ourselves and, oh, pray to God when we really get into a rut. That's not the message. And that's what will lead us to this continued life of fear and of anxiety and of worry and of all the physical problems that come with that and mental problems and everything else that comes with that because we cannot create our own future. This is the lie of our culture and of our world. We cannot create our own future. We cannot create our own outcomes. We try our best. We work towards something. But we remember that it is God who is doing the providing, not just as lip service but that we truly seek God's providence in all things. He will provide for us, whether we seek Him or not. But when we seek Him, then He can work in us all the more, and the outcomes are even greater. And those outcomes don't involve worry and anxiety and fear. So seek first the kingdom of God. That's not in a broad sense. It's every moment, every day. Seek God first. Then the outcomes will be God-given, will be God-blessed, and truly we will have a blessed life. Amen.